The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. Hi everybody, it's Mike here from the uh, Community Law Centre and with me today is Jono Umpman and Rishi Rabusa um, from Ward Adams' Brian Lamb. Kia ora Hello. Thank you Hi for coming you. along. Um, as some of our regular listeners and service users will be aware, the Law Centre is fortunate to have a significant bank of lawyers from several law for, um, firms around town who kindly volunteer their time and knowledge to assist our clients in need of specific legal advice. Jono and Rishi, um, as well as a team for, uh, at Ward Adams, are uh, one of those firms. So the topic today is family law, and as always, the following information is just that, information, and should not be considered legal advice. If you have any um, areas of concern in the following topic, we encourage you to contact our office um, and make an appointment to speak to one of our um, staff or volunteers specifically about your situation. As indicated earlier, because today's topic is quite involved, we're potentially going to spread this chat over the next two or three sessions. So please bear with us. So guys, what is family law? What's it all about? Yes, uh, family law. So it includes a whole range of topics. Um, This can include uh, care of children matters, uh, relationship property, um, and also uh, family violence uh, type disputes. Okay, cool. And... With family legal issues, of course, they get quite involved and, and complex, I imagine, at times, to, to, especially to get a resolution. Assuming my statement there is correct, should we go into just breaking down some of the, the, the areas? Yeah, we can do. And, uh, yeah, definitely agree with you, Mike. Um, uh, they can be quite uh, complex and involved. Um, we're dealing with uh, usually the things that are most precious to people, uh, being their children and their belongings. Uh, and uh, matters certainly can be uh, quite tricky. Um, where both parents, for example, in care of children disputes, have completely different views on uh, what the care arrangements should be, and um, what they think are the best arrangements for their children. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, we do get a lot of people coming in with concerns about costs, and it is. Well, is it is as expensive as they're sort of purporting that some of them, I mean, we do hear stories, obviously, but is it always that? Yeah, so I think uh, what most people think about when uh, when you're thinking about uh, uh, the expense of costs is um, going going to the, you know, worst case scenario, which is a full, fully blown uh, court, court case with a defended hearing. Um, certainly in that uh, environment, uh, things can be quite expensive. Um, a lot of time is taken to to get doc, uh, documentation sorted, and uh, hearings can range from half a day to two or three days, depending on the issues. Um, but um, there are also other options which uh, are more cost efficient to uh, try and get things resolved. Um, these can include um, uh, attendance at a family dispute resolution uh, uh, setting. For example, and that is more of a self-help option uh, available to the parties. Right, awesome. So let's start with separation um, as a topic. Uh, 
let's say we refer to a couple, we'll say Jim and Jane, and if a couple are married um, and they decide to, the time has come to part ways, is it important that they officially record the date it was decided to split? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, in terms of uh, resolving relationship property matters uh, specifically, the date of separation is uh, very important. Uh, usually at this date, um, you take a snapshot of the existing assets and debts, um, uh, and this is for the purposes of un- understanding what the relationship property uh, pool consists of. Also important uh, for uh, that date is uh, wages or income earned by, um, by the parties uh, shifts over to separate property rather than relationship property. Um, and so what's quite common is that there can be uh, arguments about the separation date, which has ultimately an effect on uh, people's entitlements for relationship property. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, definitely a good idea to have this recorded uh, and prefer- preferably acknowledged by both parties in writing. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... Um Essentially, let's say that, well, obviously somebody's going to have to move out. How is there a process that people have to follow? Or they just come to that arrangement between themselves? How does that work? Yeah, so um, in terms of if uh, there's a family home involved, um, the law does not specifically say which person has to move out. Um However, if there does become a, a disagreement and the parties themselves can't decide on what the arrangement should be initially until relationship property can get uh, properly resolved, then um, what a court would usually look at um, is uh, is which uh, individual has uh, the care of children, for example, uh, and whether one party would suffer more hardship than the other if they didn't have occupation of the home. Um, but um, there's a whole range of factors that get uh, looked at. Yeah, in that, yeah. In that we case. probably need to be a bit careful about how, how far in we go with that. But um, <clears throat> does the person, like as you, you touched on, whoever has to look after the kids would be a consideration in regards to whether they stay or, or go. Is it only married couples that go through this or do we have people in uh, de facto relationships or that kind of thing, where does the balance go there? Because if it's a de facto, then there's no binding contract, if you will. Mm. So how mm. does that work? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> the laws progress with the times, um, and um, there are lots of uh, couples now they, nowadays that uh, haven't opted to, to get married or entered uh, into a civil union in the first instance. Um, so essentially the law recognises that um, if you've been in a uh, relationship in a... Uh, what's called a de facto relationship with the other for a period of three years or more, um, then uh, you essentially have uh, very similar rights um, to married couples in terms of resolving relationship property. Then I suppose we're going to touch a little bit on uh, care of children. What are my rights in regards to keeping the kids? Yeah, so um, parents, parents of the children are, are what is referred to as guardians. Uh, this means that each parent has the right to have a say in life decisions involved uh, with these children. Uh, this can include uh, schooling, medical uh, issues, and also their place of residence. Um, this is the case whether or not you are the day-to-day parent uh, or you are the contact parent. Uh, guardians are required to make decisions uh, about children jointly, um, and so they can't essentially go on go on their own. 
bat and, and make these decisions. Okay. So <clears throat> um, obviously if I'm going to have control of the kids, if you will, or day-to-day care, I have a bigger chunk of the responsibility. Would that be a fair statement? Uh, so you'd have the responsibility of the day-to-day decisions, uh, but that does not change your um, uh, guardianship rights. You would still have to uh, make sure you're fully consulting uh, and getting the agreement of the other parent uh, as to the, um, the guardianship issues. Um, usually if there is a dispute, um, for example, about which, which high school the child should go to, um, then it should not be the case that the, the day-to-day parent, for example, just enrolls the child in that uh, school that they want. They should actually be going to the family court uh, and um, asking for um, a decision if they've exhausted all options in terms of trying to agree themselves. So the idea would be trying to communicate, get an amicable agreement. If that fails, then head off to court. Yes, exactly. Right. Um, So that would obviously start the engagement of money and costs. So... I don't have a big income because I'm just poor. So, Rushi, uh, you're obviously the strong, quiet one of this dynamic duo. Can I ask you about legal aid and the expenses and how that works? Yeah, of course. Um, so, legal aid is essentially a um, subsidise. They, they subsidise your um, legal fees um, and they, they work on what, uh, a fixed schedule. So, every sort of step of the process is, has a set amount that they work with. Um, now, you need to be eligible for legal aid. Um, so, that, that um, includes you making an application and completing a form, uh, sending it off to legal aid um, and legal services. Um, and they make an assessment based on what you own, um, what, whether that's your house or um, vehicles or anything like that, um, what your income is, uh, and that can be a mix of obviously if you're working casually part-time um, or if you are receiving a benefit. Um, and they also take into consideration any debts that you might have um, as well as whether you have a partner, so they include your partner's income in that assessment, as well as whether you have um, any dependent children um, and who might be living with you um, at the time of the application. And the legal aid, they'll they'll um, look at all of that together and there's a certain threshold depending on what your situation is um, and what you declare your situation as. Um, and from there... Um, that they'll make the assessment as to whether you will um, can, can receive legal aid. Awesome. Just quickly, because we are getting the indicator that we need to wind it up for the session, um, legal aid, it's free, so I don't have to pay anything? No, absolutely not. So um, legal aid is essentially a debt against your name, um, and you do have to pay it back at that um, more sort of subsidised rate. Um, you can organise with um, the legal aid debt team to um, if you're on a benefit, you can have that sort of taken off your benefit um, each week, um, and there are a lot of sort of options in terms of repaying that. Right, oh, that's cool. Um, so, what if I can't get legal aid and I can't afford a lawyer? Um, I think your first step would be to have a chat with a lawyer, ring some round. A lot of them are very reasonable, um, and explain your situation. Explain that you you're not eligible for legal aid. You've tried and you were denied, um, and sometimes they can set up a payment plan for you, um, 
And or your other option is to give the law centre a call and they do have some volunteers there um, that might be able to give you the initial advice to keep you out of that court process. Awesome. That's very good thinking. Law centre is pretty good outfit. Yeah, good plug-in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Um, I think we are at the point where we're going to have to call it for this particular session. So if it's okay with you, I'll get you guys to um, come back next month to sort of follow on from this. If we could do that. We'll do. Thank you for That's having good. us. Awesome. Thanks for coming, guys. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions uh, or you would like to an appointment, please call us on 2143180. Um, and our office hours are 9am to 4.30, Monday to Friday. Unfortunately, we're still not receiving any walk-ins, so you have to ring and make an appointment to come in. Um, if you need to talk to one of our volunteer lawyers, that will be done via phone call. And um, it seems to be working pretty good at the moment doing those calls. Mm. Yep. So throughout 2022, uh, we will be extremely cautious with our rural outreach clinics within the southern area. And due to COVID and all the other uncertainties that comes with it, uh, we will likely deal with your matters via the phone, at least in the first instance. But please do not hesitate to contact us uh, to discuss options. <clears throat> you can contact us on 0800 55 0800 to make an appointment or to, uh, for details as to when we're next in your area. And of course, if you would like to discuss your circumstances directly with Jono Orushi or even another of their more than capable colleagues, um, then feel free to contact them at Ward Adams Brian Lamb on 2182833, or you can check them out on their um, Ward Adams Facebook page or website, which is www.wardadams.co.nz. So that's it for today, and we will see you guys next month. See you then. See you then. The preceding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand On Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.